You've entered the Prosperity Dimension. A dimension of sci-fi adventure. A dimension of small biz excitement. A dimension where Nicole Fendi shows you how to build your profits and have a swashbuckling good time. And now, here's Nicole Fendi. Welcome into this week's episode of the Prosperity Dimension Podcast. I'm Nicole Fendi, and today we have Jennifer Lee. Jennifer Lee is actually one of the reasons this book exists. I am not kidding. She is such an inspiration to me. I cannot sing her praises enough. Let me tell you a little bit about her, and then we're going to get right into it. Jennifer Lee is author of Building Your Business the Right Brain Way and the best-selling book, The Right Brain Business Plan. She spent a decade climbing the corporate ladder before pursuing her creative dreams. Sound familiar? Through her popular programs, products, and writing, she empowers others to follow their passions and, might I add, make a profit doing it. She lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with her husband and sweet Husky Lab Mix. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, I'm delighted to be here with you, Nicole. <laughs> For our <laughs> listeners, just so you know, Right Brain Business Plan, the first book she wrote, came out in 2011. And when I saw that book, I went, wow, there is a different way. You can be fun and creative and give good business advice, and people will actually pay attention to you. So <laughs> I was honored to have Jen come on my show or talk to me in some way or be involved with what I'm doing. In my mind, looking back, I mean, I know in real human terms, it's not that long, but in like today's day and age, five years is like an eternity. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <so> eons. <laughs> eons. Oh, my God. <laughs> Space time continuum can't take it. <laughs> Which reminds me, we're going to talk about Jean-Luc Picard and Patrick oh, Stewart. Oh, goodness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have to. <laughs> <laughs> but that's coming up, so hold on. <laughs> I have to start with, you know, in my mind, you were really one of the first people who truly broke the mold and said, you know what, you can do business. And just for those of you who are not familiar with Jen's work, and you can find it online, you said, you can do an art project and do a business plan at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> well, that's just it. So that's my question to you. How did you know? Okay, pun intended. How do you know is the right thing to do? Well, you know, I didn't quite know at the time when I made my first right brain business plan. It was on my kitchen table um, doing an art every day month challenge. And I decided to do my goals for, you know, the following year. And it was just fun for me. I love doing collage. I love doing book art. So I combined the two and thought about what I wanted to accomplish in the next year with my business. And then when I shared it online on my blog and the fact that people were like, hey, that's your business plan. That's super cool. How fun. Like, that's when I knew it was like, OK, this might be going somewhere. Where I might be on the right track and just kept following that intuition and where my passion was and where people got excited and it started to grow from there. So I think the two things, one, like I was really excited about it and inspired by what I created. In fact, you know, a lot of the goals came true the following year that I had on that plan. I was excited about it. And then two, when I shared it with other people, my right people were really excited about it too. So that just, you know, was pointing me in the right direction. Right. And those are really important comments that you, know, you didn't try to create it in a vacuum. You had an idea and you tested it first and then built on that testing. But it was still 
it was very, I think five years later, people can take for granted what was truly cutting edge at the time. You mm. know, people just weren't doing that. They just weren't. And it's so strong in my mind because I remember when I first saw it and I was first introduced to you into the right brain business plan through Tori Doe mm-hmm. that it was like, oh, my God, I just felt like this huge sense of affirmation. You could do things differently and be a success. So for me and probably everyone else's life you've touched, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) No, it's true. And to this day, I still recommend both these books all the time. They are on my I have a list, a very short list. I call it my go to books for people. And I really don't think a week goes by. I don't recommend it still. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Well, it's been so cool to see what you've created. I remember seeing your right brain business plan. And what was your monster? The number muncher. And I still use him. Yes. Yes. I'll put a link in the show notes for everybody. The number muncher. He's like this Godzilla-esque guy who's covered with numbers and he comes and he tries to eat up your profits. (laughs) I still use him. He's very popular. Well, of course. (laughs) Now he's one of my top three profit villains. Mm. And I actually had someone who will also be a guest on the show create a jail for me. So there's a physical jail he can get put in now. Oh, of course. (laughs) That's where he needs to go. (laughs) Exactly. And so what I do is I actually, when I speak about it, I speak about top three profit mistakes and we turn them into villains and people get to put their own villain in the jail. Hmm. So it's this physical representation of what we're all dealing with. Yeah, I love that. I love the creativity of that. And then the freedom it gives you to then, you know, do it the way that's going to be more profitable, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So on something else I have to ask, and this has been a theme already on the podcast I've done, is introverts versus extroverts. I am a, anyone who knows me knows I am a hard, hard extrovert. Like you put me in a room and a people and I can go all night. I'm the energizer bunny. (laughs) And I know you and I have spoken before and you're an introvert. Yes. Now you've done video summits where you've had hundreds, if not thousands of people watching you. That was a huge part of building your community. How were you able to make that work? Well, it helps to have a computer screen in between me and the thousands of people. <laughs> you can pretend they're not there. Okay, pretend they don't no, exist. No, it's more like it's a lot different for me as an introvert and a highly sensitive person. Mm-hmm. If I'm physically with, you know, if I'm in a room with hundreds or thousands of people, oh. I can feel that energetically. Like if I was at a conference, you know, like I get drained by that much. Well, not physical contact, but even just, you know, being in physical proximity, I can... Right really feed off of people's energy and that can also drain me. So the fact that I could lead these summits and have yeah hundreds of people live with me and then thousands watching later, I could still feel that really intimate, deep connection because there's so much connection that would happen during those video chats. And I would still be, you know, in my home where I'm comfortable. I could be wearing leggings and my, my slippers on the bottom, right? <laughs> No one would know. <laughs> no one would know. And then, you know, when I'm done, I could take off my headset and then go get a cup of tea and sit out in my backyard and re-energize myself. If I'm at a big conference, you know, the best I can do is maybe, you know, go to the bathroom <laughs> or go into a <laughs> stall for some quiet time. Or if I'm lucky to sneak up to my room and literally go under the covers of my bed just to reset. So as a quick tangent, do you read the blog S's website? 
I do not. Oh, my goodness. So the blog ass Tori Doe, who we mentioned a minute ago, actually connected me to following her. She talks about going and hiding in bathrooms at conferences. So that's why I <laughs> she has mm-hmm. really high social anxiety and she talks about it. Oh, OK. Yeah. So we'll put that in the show notes too. the blog ass. She's a Star Trek fan. She's a big Will Wheaton fan. You know, he played Wesley Crusher. <laughs> I know. I did like Wesley Crusher. I don't like how Will Wheaton is now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You don't have I to did like... <laughs> really, I did really like Wesley Crusher, yes. <laughs> I felt a great kinship with Wesley Crusher as being like the female version of him when I was younger. Oh, really? You know, being really geeky and I tended to hang around people who were older than me. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. you think about it, he was really still a kid, but he was working with a bunch of adults. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of my childhood in life. I had much older siblings. Hey, wait a minute. This is your interview. You are. See, that's the introvert in you. You're really good at that. Talk <laughs> <laughs> <Come> more, Nicole. <laughs> No, it's your turn to talk. So that's interesting. Would you say as a tip to people, it sounds like one tip you're giving is if you can do more through the computer versus in person, that helps as an introvert? It can, yeah. And, and you know, I also do like to see people. It's fine, too. <laughs> She's not a hermit. <laughs> well, I kind of am. My husband's like, you're kind of a shut-in. <laughs> We have to plan like a kidnapping intervention, come to San Francisco. (laughs) We're going to rescue you. (laughs) I I have to say, just so you know, and so the listeners know, I met the woman who did the editing for my book, the editor for the Prosperity Dimension. I met through the Right Brain Business Plan video summits. Mm -hmm. And your illustrator too, right? For my first book, Jennifer Vanderbeek. Vanderbeek. For my illustrator for my first book, who drew all my mascots and villains. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason why I'm so appreciative of everything you've done. Oh, thank you. Now, though, you've been in a transition because you've made this transition. You didn't do the video summit this year, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about that because anyone who'd followed you and for those of you go back and look wildly successful huge interaction during the events and then as well as as people afterwards getting the downloads so what drove that decision to make the change yeah well i've been doing it for 5 years and it was a lot of work i mean 2 weeks being live, you know, having to be on every day for two weeks for an introvert, even though there's a computer screen protecting me. <laughs> Still quite a lot of output or even just, you know, me talking that much. And I also have been having health issues as well. So that's probably been a few years of that. And I would be getting, you know, like flare ups where I have joint pain and fatigue. And that happened, you know, midway through the last summit. I'm like, uh, you know, this isn't something I can sustain doing. You know, I'm like, oh, the thought I have to do is five more days. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. that's tough. So I didn't want to put myself through that again. And I had, you know, done it for five years. And it's like, right. I think something new, you know, is waiting to emerge. And I need to actually have space to figure out what that is. And I'm still in the exploration of what that is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other thing, too, is when I did the first video summit in 2011, there were mostly telesummits back then. I don't mm-hmm. know. There were a bunch of video summits. And now, like, there are so many summits. And it just is like, oh, there's too much, you know. I just yeah, want to find before, a new way. Yeah. Before your time. <laughs> yes. That's all. 
because it was, you had, for those of you who haven't seen it, you still have them for sale. Is that correct? Yeah, we have best of bundles. And in fact, I think you might be in one of them, Nicole. <laughs> because one of the spotlights. I, yeah. I came and did, showed I have them, and I still use it. I still have mm-hmm. my magnetic business plan. I update mm-hmm. it every year. Love it. I, I use a magnetic whiteboard. And so that way, and I'm looking at it right now as we're speaking, and <laughs> it's got, I have my values up right now. That's been a big thing for me. And then right. I have Kiva is a nonprofit I support uh-huh. and give so much to them. They're up as well as some, I did these magnetic time and money chips and they're about where am I spending oh, that's right. yeah. time and money. So yes, in a combination of you and you had Michael Port on, mm-hmm. I have my little red velvet rope, magnetic ah. piece, which <laughs> is great. my laugh button. that's great where can they find that jennifer because that's i think that's it's a great resource yeah it is at rightbrainbusinessplan.com slash i think best of video summit with dashes in between okay and we'll be sure in the show notes to double check on that so if you're not finding it based on that we know you can go to rightbrainbusinessplan.com and, and I go to shop. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. then Nicole's in the best of moolah making one. Yes. You know, I'm the best yeah. in the moolah make or best. One of the best. I hate yes. The best. One of the best in the moolah making because <laughs> we like to make moolah. Absolutely. How did you handle that transition? Because I'm sure, and I understand why you made the choice. It was still kind of a sad when the usual time rolled around and there was no Mm -hmm. summit. But it was really important. I also really respected and understood. And as people go through life, they're in their business for an extended period of time. It's easy to forget to take care of yourself. When you work Mm -hmm. for someone else, you have vacation time set aside. You know, how did you manage that communication piece? Well, definitely like letting people know this is, you know, going to be the last time and being upfront about it and talking about it. Because I think it also just gives people permission to make those tough choices, make those conscious decisions about what you really want to do in your business. Just because something is working, has been working, doesn't mean you need to keep doing it if, you know, there's other things that are meant to be opening up or exploring. So it was important for me. And actually the theme of the last summit was what's next so that we could really talk about giving yourself permission to let go of things to move on. So, okay. So this actually is a perfect segue into Picard and the next generation. Okay. (laughs) Because I told everyone, I promised we would talk about (laughs) starting to blush already. Okay. (laughs) I love it. Maybe we do need video or we need like a (laughs) blush cam or something. Uh Uh (laughs) Because one of the themes that happened between Picard and Riker, his first officer, was when is the right time to move on? It was often this tension in the show, right? Mm -hmm. So talk a bit about what do you really enjoy about the character of Picard and Patrick Stewart, who, yes, I mean, I love him. I follow him on social media. He's awesome. (laughs) Well, he's just so sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to point out, not in like super traditional. And I think that's really important. It's his character. I mean, not that he's not attractive. He is. But it's the character of both the characters he plays and his own true personality that shines through that, at least for me, is what makes him so attractive. Yes. Oh, he just has so much poise and confidence. It's like, yes, I will listen to whatever you're saying. He was hilarious on Saturday Night Live as well. I don't know if you watched that one. I have seen that. No. Tell us about that. It's old. Well, 
The skit that I remember was he was making dirty cakes for bachelorette parties. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. It was really funny. And I also have to say, in high school, I had a kite that I probably bought at like, I don't know, the drugstore or Toys R Us or something like that. And it had Captain Picard and had Data. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're celebrating 50 years of Star Trek this year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I saw a guy who played, I can't remember his name, the gentleman that plays Data. He's one of the... Oh, Brent yeah, Spiner. Yeah, Brent Spiner. He's at Comic-Con, mm-hmm. um, which is going cool. on as we're recording this. So, But yeah, I think what I admire about him, he just is very principled. You know, it's like he wants to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And he's just so sexy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I have to tell you, I've followed Jen. I've interviewed her a couple times. We've never gone down this path before. Yeah, I really like him. (laughs) But I would have to second that. And you're right. He is so poised. What I really admire about him is off screen. He also does so much. There was, and I don't remember where he was speaking, but there was, this was documented. He was speaking and, and was speaking about domestic abuse and Mm -hmm. has done a lot of work around the prevention of domestic abuse and if I recall correctly, maybe there's something in his family, but I don't want to, I don't know that for certain. Mm. And someone in the audience stood up and thanked him and he went over and gave them a big hug and just oh. very mm. genuine about, yeah. like you said, it's the poise, but it's also the, this man that cares deeply. Yeah. It's like poised and personable. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a great fit. Definitely. Mm. And that ties back so we can get rid of a little bit of the blushing. <laughs> We're going to talk for a minute about, you know, flipping back into the business side about transitions is as Picard, he was a mentor to Riker. And there were a number of episodes. I've been rewatching The Next Generation recently because, yes, I'm a diehard Star Trek fan. And we rewatched all the originals. We rewatched Voyager. Now we're rewatching Next Gen. And now I have a daughter. So she's, you know, getting indoctrinated. <laughs> <laughs> Her favorite is Janeway, which is awesome. (laughs) And, you know, one thing that you keep this theme of, should he move on? And I come back to what you were saying about creating space for yourself and knowing when to let go. Mm. You gave us a couple things, but maybe let's expand it to if, if someone were sitting with you or sitting with us in this conversation, what might be a question you would encourage them to ask themselves if it's time for them to let go of something? Hmm. I think it might be, you know, a series of questions, but one of them is, you know, is this serving you any longer? Also, what are you taking away from it so that you're really celebrating the gifts that it's given you and the learnings and all that? And you can take that with you. And then where are you feeling drawn to next? You know, what's exciting you? And I think the main thing is just to give yourself permission to not know the answer to that one. Because I think that when you don't know, that can be scary. And that's when people just stay with the thing they know because they don't know the answer. But to trust that actually in letting go, you give yourself the space to allow whatever's to come to come. Because if if I kept churning out these summits, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to have the space to be exploring new things, exploring new frontiers. (laughs) (laughs) Boldly going where no one has gone before. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I forget to tell people that I forget to remind people about the giving permission mm-hmm. because I'm always willing to jump in feet first. So, so 
I forget that often we need to hear that. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that reminder. You're welcome. And I would encourage everyone listening to this podcast to ask themselves and even things. What I think is interesting about your choice, Jennifer, is the Right Brain Business Plan, if I recall correctly, because I attended every year except the first year. So, and maybe even I was at the first year. I don't know. I mean, I've been to... Tor- Tori was on the first one. So, no, so I have been to all of them. Yeah. I've watched mm-hmm. all of them. Yes, because yep. I watched Tori. So, yep. yes, it was when I first got introduced to you. And just so you guys know who are listening, Tori Doe is my... I call her my book doula. She mm. helps make sure the book gets delivered and <laughs> puts up with my yelling and screaming mid-creation. <laughs> All the pain, because there's no epidurals for giving birth to a book. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> I wish there were, but there's not. That's right, I remember, because her business plan lit up. She had the mm-hmm. little lights. I remember that. And it was named Emmett, mm-hmm. which is also the name of my dog then, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Different spelling, but yeah. Uh-huh. Oh she gosh. had no idea that my dog's name was Emmett, and I was like, my dog's name is Emmett. <laughs> I didn't know that until now. <laughs> I'm distracted now thinking about an Emmett business. Because her Emmett's like a clown and it's uh-huh. very interesting. Yeah. Not a scary clown. Not no. a scary one. A good one. A quirky um, one. Mm-hmm. Yes. The idea of even if something's doing really well, it's okay to let it go if it's not the mm-hmm. right thing anymore. Exactly. And it's not like that was like my whole business. No, I know, <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, and the Right Brain Business Plan lives on in different ways. And so just that iteration of it, mm-hmm. that chapter was, you know, that chapter was closed. That chapter was done. Right. Well, what are some ways? I mean, you still have the books. You still have coaching, right? Mm-hmm. And you have groups now. Is that correct? Yeah, we have the mentorship program. That's a long-term coaching program. We have courses, the Right Brain Business Plan course, and we have a product development course as well. Those are both self-studies, and sometimes we host them, you know, facilitated. So if you wanted to get coaching and all of that. And then, yeah, I do VIP sessions and work with people individually, and that's been really fun. Like this year, I've been really digging back. It's kind of like going back to my roots oh, a little bit of the one-on-one stuff, you know, cause I, with the summit, all of that, then I was doing larger group things. So yeah, it's been really sweet to like dive in really deep with these clients who are just doing amazing things, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's been a cool shift as well. So would you do something, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I know more than once, at least during the summits, people have asked about something in person and Maybe as an introvert, you just want to scream and run from the room when I say that. (laughs) But having some kind of in-person event, conference? (sighs) I know. My people have always asked for a conference. I'm like, "Mm." you know, I wouldn't want to plan it. (laughs) And I wouldn't want to travel to it. So if some folks are willing to, you know, put it together and I just show up here in the Bay Area, that could be something I might say yes to. <laughs> well, there you um, have it. So if you yeah. really want it, you can pitch it to Jen. I can pitch it, yes. <laughs> but I do have a studio space, so that's been part of my what's next and what's new. And in 2015, I got myself a studio space, and I've been going there and painting, and I've led a couple of group things there. And that's, you know, something that's been on the latest right brain business plan is to do it's kind of more intimate the space is really small so it can't fit a whole lot of people but I did do a small workshop that I live streamed the other month and that was kind of fun so might be doing more of that but I'm kind of liking the intimate Mm in-person stuff at the studio so Mm -hmm. yeah I don't see myself you know renting out a big 
conference room or a banquet hall at a hotel for a three-day conference. No. No, thank you. Right. (laughs) Whereas I'd be like, yay! (laughs) I'm going to this event next week. I'm going to Gen Con. This may air after. It probably will air after Gen Con. But it's an event that attracts over 60,000 people. Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah, see, I knew that. Somebody shoot me. <laughs> I'm like, I am pumped. I am excited. I, you know, I mean, if it were physically possible, I'd meet every person going. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, no. No, thank you. <laughs> I know, I know. Introverts react that way. So mm. I'm always intrigued to hear from an introvert's perspective how they approach things like that because – I would not sign up for something like that. <laughs> 60,000 people. No, thank you. Well, they're not all going to come by my, I'm promoting my new book there. Mm. They have what's called Authors Avenue and it's a curated for independent and small Mm -hmm. publisher books. So yes, which will be a really fantastic time to promote Mm. my new book and be around people. It's, you know, people who are into gaming and science fiction, fantasy, gaming, like board games, role playing Mm -hmm. games, you know, you Mm -hmm. think old school D&D, that world, that's a world I grew up in and I Mm. love, so I'm excited to go. Cool. Well, the other thing that I was very intrigued by, as you said, so, you know, Picard, Star Trek, but also The Matrix. Mm-hmm. What about The Matrix did you, why, and I mean, why are you laughing? Because <laughs> it's all about Keanu. <laughs> you know what? This is kind of funny, but I like all the same guys you like, because he's so hot. He's so hot. Oh, my God. So really, that's why. <laughs> No, it's a good movie, oh too, God. though. It is. Well, and it's one of my I, favorites, yes. Well, okay, so, okay, Keanu. But, I mean, <laughs> there are lots of movies he's in, so it can't just be yeah. What did you like about the plot? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm really blushing. Okay, so... <laughs> I really liked, and actually, I think when I was going through my coach training, I think it was sometime around then, maybe, this whole idea of like, wow, what you see is not necessarily reality, you know, and waking up to what is real. Mm-hmm. That was really, you know, when I first watched the movie, that was really, the way it was presented was mind-blowing. And I remember walking out of the theater going, is this real? It's actually not real. <laughs> you know, what's real? <laughs> and that choice of the red pill, blue pill, when Keanu who's living in a virtual reality is offered a red pill, which he's warned will show him what's really going on mm. and a blue pill, which will allow him to go back to not knowing what's yep. going on. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And taking the red pill, just that whole concept of when you choose to open your eyes, what you might find. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that. I mean, it's again, it's a conscious choice, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And being willing to look at what's actually there rather than choosing to go with what's comfortable and being complacent. Yes, and that's a great lesson. I think The Matrix gave that wonderful lesson of it's okay to, like you just said, walking out of the theater, is this real? (laughs) Questioning what's around us, questioning the assumptions around Mm us, you know, and saying, well, okay, maybe not, or maybe I can do things differently. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like saying no to the video summit was kind of like taking that red pill. (laughs) It was, yeah. I could have just keep, like I said, churning them out and, mm-hmm. you know, because it was great. I had a lot of fun. People loved it. Just like that. I forget the other character's name who was like, I just want to eat the steak. 
<laughs> right? Oh, yeah. I forget his name. I can see the guy, but I can't remember his name. The bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he's the bad guy. <laughs> okay, spoiler alert, the bad oh, guy sorry. talks about eating steak. <laughs> I don't like steak, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right, no, but for this character, it was like the height of, he wished he had never taken the red pill. Mm-hmm. He wished he could go back to where he was eating steak, which wasn't really steak, or eating something. Okay, for me, mm-hmm. it'd be something chocolatey. You know, if I could suddenly realize I'd never get, like, double chocolate Godiva cheesecake again, <laughs> <laughs> I would be, I could live with it, but I wouldn't be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, as always, it has been a fantastic time. I want to give you a chance to say any last thoughts or ideas you'd like to share with the audience. Mm, I think keep on listening to what Nicole has to say. I mean, she just has a really unique perspective and bringing fun into your work. I think that's why we get along so well in these chats that we have, because I think we share that passion of making things fun and making things accessible for people. So whatever brings fun and enjoyment to the work that you do, whether it's bringing in more (laughs) sci-fi to your business or monsters, villains, creative fun, yeah, full permission to do that. Or collages. Or Maybe collages. Plan. Tori Doe, as we mentioned before, now has a whole dollhouse that's her business plan. That's right. She did do a dollhouse. Yeah. Well, thank you again. We have the pleasure of having Jennifer Lee here with us. You can find more about her at rightbrainbusinessplan.com. We've got all the links in the show notes as well. I really encourage you to go out, get her book if you don't have it. Get both books if you don't have them. They are I mean, it's money that will return on itself instantly. You can keep the adventure going. You can go to scififiz.com today and download your free chapter of The Prosperity Dimension. You can also learn about upcoming guests and other behind-the-scenes details. That's scififiz.com. I'm Nicole Fendi, and this is The Prosperity Dimension, where sci-fi, small business, and profit collide.